When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois. Welcome to Bear in Mind, the official podcast of Cal Athletics. Here's your host, Todd McKim. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Bear in Mind, the official podcast of Cal Athletics. Hope you had a great Halloween, and off into November we go. The holidays are right around the corner, and the Bears on a two-game winning streak, having defeated Colorado and Oregon State at home this week. The Bears in Tucson to take on the Arizona Wildcats. And joining us now is head coach Justin Wilcox, a 39-25 win over a good Oregon State team. I mean, again, the, all three phases were pretty solid in this game, over 500 yards of offense. You hold the Beavers to about 100 yards less on the ground than they had averaged. They were the number one offense in the league coming into this game, number one in points, and you hold them to 24 points uh, just all the way around good. And then you know, we always talk about this each and every week, trying to steal some possessions. Well, you did that. You got three turnovers plus a blocked punt that led to a touchdown. So all in all, a great effort. Yeah, it was a great team effort. Oregon State's a good football team, and we knew it would be a battle coming in. But, uh, you know, you mentioned the offense, and, uh, geez, that was uh, our best performance of the year and maybe the last five years on offense, running the ball, throwing the ball, uh, no, no penalties. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of – third down conversions and the reason we probably had so many is a lot of them were manageable uh good down and distances but guys played very well played very hard 
uh, had a number of great efforts on offense. Uh, defensively, I think it starts with the takeaways. I mean, creating those takeaways was huge in the game. I mean, the first play, Marquez Bimage makes an unbelievable play. Uh, obviously, Elijah had a big pick. Nate Richina had another nice one. Uh, the block punt was a critical play in the game, arguably the turning point in the game uh, if you had to single out one. So all in all, uh, uh, really are a good effort by every group, especially offensively. And now we got to build on that uh, as we move into this week versus Arizona. You mentioned the blocked punt, and for the second time this year, Nick Alston got the blocked punt. He's, he's been kind of your Swiss army knife. I mean, he's been a linebacker, a tight end, special teams. Um, you know, the first time he blocked a punt, I, I thought the, the punter for Washington State probably held the ball a little bit too long. But still, he got in there and applied some pressure. This one may be a little different scenario. But a guy like that is so important to your team that can do – just so many different th- uh, things for your squad. Yeah, Nick's done a great job for us, and he's been here a while, played uh, a lot of football. I mean, a couple of years ago, he started and played the entire game uh, at outside linebacker mm-hmm. against Ole Miss down there uh, on about a three-day three days worth of practice. Uh, Nick is a tough guy. It really matters to him. I mean, you know, being a part of this team, playing hard, giving great effort, you know, it's important to him. Uh, he has been uh, just a – a great teammate, and he works and brings it every single day. And, and you mentioned it. He's on every special team. Uh, he plays tight end for us. And as we just said, he played defense for us as well. So really proud of Nick and how far he's come and really glad he's on our team. You know, when it came to deciding who we would have on our postgame show, obviously Chase had a terrific game, maybe as good a game as he's played here at Cal all the way around. Your two running backs did a terrific job as well. Receivers, I mean, everybody did. But I I picked an offensive lineman because we all know it starts there. Yeah. And, and they, they were able to open up some holes, protect the quarterback, and a terrific job by the O-line. Yeah, uh, they did a fantastic job throughout the game. And uh, Oregon State uh, moves and stunts a lot. And so having to be really clean with our identification and our technique uh, as to not get penalties and get on people and block them, uh, I thought they did an excellent job in the game, running the ball, uh, getting up to the second level. Uh, pass protection against against some unique looks that Oregon State will throw at you. So really great job by the by the offensive line. A number of guys played very well. Uh, you know, one of the best plays or my favorite plays to watch on tape was towards the end of the game, and and uh, Damian made a great run uh, late to get it down to the you know the one yard line there. But Matt Sendrick is sprinting down, chasing him down all the way down the field. How many ever yards he ran, and just shows the effort and toughness that he plays with. So it was a Great effort by the group all around. Yeah, that kind of reminded me of the play by Mike Safel a couple of years ago on a wide receiver screen mm-hmm. where he's running down the field. And, of course, Mike is a, is a graduate assistant and then helps out uh, Angus with that offensive line. But it, that was very similar to what happened with Michael a couple of years ago as well. Defensively, just a terrific job. We, we know Oregon State likes to run the ball. You held him at 134 uh, and applied some pressure on a quarterback, forced a couple of picks. Um, a guy that we haven't seen much, but you've been talking about behind closed doors, as Isaiah Young at that cornerback position, Colin Gamble went down and he came in and I know he had a touchdown over the top of him against a good receiver. Bradford's a good receiver, but boy, he, he, he deflected a couple of balls and was glove-like. Yeah, uh, Isaiah hadn't had a lot of playing time and it's real, really his first extensive playing time. Came in when Colin went down and Colin uh, in the last two games, has really been playing better and better. And you could see the improvement Colin Gamble has made and unfortunately went down. He made a third down stop and kind of suffered an injury there. And hopefully we'll get him back ASAP. But Isaiah came in 
And uh, I tell you what, for a guy that hasn't played a lot, he had he ended up having four pass breakups. Mm. Uh, the first on a zero coverage where he's got no help in the end zone, which was an excellent play. Um, he had one on a third down fade on our sideline. Uh, he had one in cover three overlapping a seam route, which is hard to do, and we almost got a tip ball on that one. And then he contested an uh, in-breaking route in a man-to-man concept that we have, which is hard to do. And uh, one-on-one, he contested it. The ball gets tipped up, and Nate Ruchenna picks it. And uh, Isaiah ended up earning a game ball for his, his efforts. And it just goes to show you, you know, guys that prepared and then make the most of their uh, opportunity when it comes, and he sure did that. Terrific job uh, at that cornerback position. That's where depth, you have to have some depth, and, and your team has had some depth this year. Guys have stepped up and gotten the job done. Let's look forward a little bit to this Arizona team. Uh, they have lost 20 consecutive games, longest losing streak in the history of the conference. Although, when you look at them, I mean, they've lost two quarterbacks for the year, so they're on their third-string quarterback. You know, Jed Fish is trying to do some things down there, resurrect their program. So when you lose quarterbacks, it makes it even more difficult. But they'll throw in some some trick plays, and they had a couple this past week. The wide receiver played the quarterback position as well. Um, They lose to USC last week 41-34, but they're an onside kickaway for maybe getting the ball and tying or or maybe winning that that game. And then against the Huskies earlier this year, they're up 13-0, I believe, at halftime, had a double-digit lead into the fourth quarter before – you know, a pick on a screen pass kind of turned that game around. So they've shown some progress. And, I mean, anytime you're facing a team like that, they're, they're desperate. They'll do anything for a win. Yeah. They're, I know the record isn't good, but if you watch them play and you watch the individual plays and the series and the quarters throughout the game, uh, they play good football. I mean, as you mentioned, they, you know, last week they're a, it's a one-score game at USC, and we know how talented USC is. The week before against Washington, it's a one-score game. They're up. Uh, in the second half, as you mentioned, uh, even earlier in the season, you know BYU one score game against BYU at Oregon. They're they're uh, it's a one score game at the start of the fourth quarter, and so they do a good job. They have good players. I mean, their perimeter speed on offense is good. He does a great job offensively, keeping you off balance with uh, misdirection flies. Uh, you know the run game the. Uh, you know, the trick plays, they have, have it all. Will Plummer is the quarterback who played a lot for him last week. We know Will through recruiting. He's a dang good passer. Um, defensively, it's heavy pressure, man-to-man, 3-3-5, um, and also some 4-2-5 nickel. Uh, you know, those guys know what they're doing, and the kids are playing hard. And, you know, again, the, you look at the record, but when we watch the tape, um, this is a dangerous football team with good football players. And just like any other week, if you don't bring it and play good football, uh, you'll get beat in this conference. So we got to have a great week of practice, go down there, because those guys are going to be ready to play and hungry. Uh, you talked about them defensively. Uh, Dr. Blitz, uh, Coach Brown, uh, primarily been an East Coast guy, but he's at Michigan for a number of years with Jim Harbaugh, and they were among the national leaders, I mean, every single year at Michigan. Um, Dr. Blitz is, is the nickname, and justifiably so, because he brings guys seemingly from everywhere. Sometimes it looks like they have 13 guys that they're playing. Yeah, he's uh, got a strong reputation, a uh, very good reputation for a reason. And uh, they are aggressive on defense. They give you a number of different looks. They uh, will get up in your face and challenge you. Uh, they do bring uh, quite a bit of pressure. So it's going to be a really, cha- a really challenging day uh, for us offensively. We're going to have to be really clean in our execution, our identification, and uh, our guys will look forward to it because we know that uh, their defense will come to play. Be a little heat down there, not only defensively, but also weather-wise. The temperature is expected to be in the mid to upper 80s for a 
uh, noon start. Uh, we'll be on the air with the Toyota Tailgate Show, so join us for that as we bring you all the action um, from Tucson, uh, which has been, unfortunately, a house of horrors for the Bears over the years, but we'll save that for a later day after the Bears break that streak. Coach, appreciate your time. Have a great week of practice, and we'll talk to you a little bit later on in the week and more on Arizona when we talk to you then. Thanks, Todd. Go Bears. A reminder, Cal fans, that the, the Bears will be back in action at FTX Field at California's Memorial Stadium next Saturday when the USC Trojans come to town for the annual Joe Roth Memorial Game. The kickoff uh, around 12.30 will be on the air at 11.30 on the Bud Light Tailgate Show. Tickets, of course, you can get at uh, calbears.com slash tickets, or you can just call the box office at 1-800-GO-BEARS. All right, joining us now is uh, Nick Alston, who's had a, a really solid year, kind of as the, the Swiss army knife of Cal football during his career. Uh, Nick from uh, Archbishop Mitty across the bay, had a great high school career, uh, played volleyball as well, and is doing a terrific job for the Bears, and most notably tied for the lead in the country and blocked kicks. Uh, he got his second blocked punt of the season this past week. Uh, really key play. In fact, both coaches... Uh, Jonathan Smith of Oregon State, Josh, or Justin Wilcox of Cal. I thought that that was probably the key play of the game. It was a blocked punt that directly led to a touchdown and kind of gave the Bears some, some cushion in that game. First of all, just to take us through the, the blocked punt and, and the key play in that game. Yeah, uh, so this was the second blocked punt, and the first one didn't go as planned, and <laughs> it gave me so much, like, not PTSD, but I was up oh. at night thinking about it, like, dang, how could I not find the ball? How could I not get it? And... I just kept running back through that play over and over in my head, and it made me sick at night, like calling my mom, like, How, why didn't I get it? Like, I, I did it in high school. I blocked punts in high school. I picked it up, scored it for a touchdown. Why, why didn't I do it now? And she said, like, just remember this feeling and just, you know, you're going to block another one. Yeah. And it was crazy because this, this time with the second block punt, I was on the sidelines, and I knew something needed to happen. Mm-hmm. I knew a play needed to happen. And I just told myself, and I was actually looking at one of my roommates, Jake Moeller, one of their tight ends, and I said, players make plays. Like, let's see who makes a play. I'm going to go make one. And I went out on the field, and it was crazy. Everybody was, even my mom was like, I had a feeling you were going to block it. My girlfriend, you had a feeling like I was saying it in my head. Even like a bunch of my teammates on the sideline calling it. And it's just all that energy and all that great, like, thing. It just, when it happened, just lit up inside just because I I was looking around for the ball all scared once I blocked it just worried about that first punt and that feeling I had just looking left and right and I see all my teammates with their arms up cheering because they knew how happy I was that I finally got the block punt and they knew how hurt I was from the first one so when I blocked it it was the best feeling in the world just went to the sidelines put my hands up and all I could say was I love you guys because all those guys I work with every day just working on one play KOR kickoff PBR whatever it is and it's a bunch of small plays but like the the head coaches said those plays can make a big difference in a game and like that happened it's it's, it makes it's a big deal to me like one play can change a game like I'm gonna go all out on that one play for the 10 other teammates out there and my teammates on the sideline and I think it was pretty cool, the energy that it brought. And I want to do it again. <laughs> That'd be awesome to get three in one year. You know, and you mentioned it's a big play because the one that you blocked against Washington State, you know, in my opinion, the kicker, the punter kind of held the ball a little extra long. But he's a rugby guy, so it takes him longer to get it off yeah. when he decides to mm-hmm. – 
But it was the key play in the game because they ended up getting a first down by like a yard and it resulted in a touchdown and it just led to their win. So you're exactly right. So you've done it in high school. You've done it here in college. Is there any special technique? Is there a key, you know, to, to blocking? I mean, you've got great length. You're 6'5". You played volleyball in high school, so you got some springs too. But is there a key to doing that? I think it starts on... Monday when you get into the meeting room with Coach Regal and Coach Barton, just because they're going over the pressures, they're going over the techniques and what your single job is in that one pressure. You might have nothing to do with the block, but you might pull the right shield over a little bit more so that I could get free for the blocker. So it's it's really like dialing in on that Monday and setting your mindset to, okay, what is my job in special teams? If it's on kickoff, like Nico, or kick, kickoff return, Nico, we're trying to get a touchdown. We're trying to get yards. I'm not getting the touchdown. I'm not getting the yards. But my buddy back there that I know well and I love is going to get yards and a touchdown. So what am I willing to do for him to get those stats and for my teammates to be happy to make the drive down and – so, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, it's happened already this year, and he got the, the kickoff for a touchdown. He's one of the conference leaders in that regard. He's been pretty good. Uh, when you get a chance to return kicks, it doesn't happen all that often mm-hmm. in college football. Just you know, Kickers are just too dang good. Yeah. And then, you know, the rule change where you can call for a fair catch and get the ball to 25 is, I think, changed a lot of the philosophy on returning yeah. kicks as well. Mm-hmm. well what What's the... I mean, in your case, you've played when you, you, you've been an outside linebacker. Tight, I mean, you had gone back and forth outside linebacker, tight end, special teams. So you do a lot of different things. Is there anything in particular of, of those positions or those roles that you like the best? Uh, I love, to be honest, just going out there and any way to help the team. Like, honestly, that makes me happy. Going into the locker room and hanging out with my guys and, and offering productivity. You know, like even in society, like offering something to society means the world to me. Like community service means the world to me. Uh, Helping my teammates means the world to me. It's just the little things of this team means everything because they mean everything to me. So I I wouldn't say it's like more of offense, defense, special teams. It's any way I can get out there to make plays with my friends to win the game. So we can have a good night and a good season and all celebrate each other and the hard work we do. And I, I do think volleyball did have a big part in, like, the blocking punts mm-hmm. and all that. I've been raised with volleyball, and, and you learn the technique of every day, the repetition of having your right arm on their right arm hitting arm. And, and you, you rep that every day over and over, and it's like, oh, okay, blocking stuff's easy. Like, you, you know where to put your hand for uh, whatever the trajectory of the ball. And, and it, surprisingly, the, the, that second punt, it was a horrible punt. Just like the first one, he was looking at me, waiting to see if I would come with pressure. And it's like, what are you doing? Kick it. You know I blocked one. Like, you should kick the second one. Like, it's like I don't know. It was just, it's just interesting. If I saw it, I would have kicked it. If I see, if I see me running for it, I would kick it. But. For sure. You mentioned volleyball. Your sister, of course, played at Cal yeah. uh, four years. She was a, a team captain. She was an outside hitter. She's a hitter. superstar. <laughs> She's amazing. I love her. My sister's like, ever since I was a freshman, I'd come to her games yeah. here and look it up at her and be like, I want, I want to be just like her, playing in a, in a big stadium with people at Cal. And this school is amazing. There's nowhere else I would rather play or play for or play with. This school is, this school is everything I could have dreamed of and wanted.
I think I remember reading where, where you came here. I don't know if it was the official visit, but the Bears were playing Texas. Mm-hmm. And you, you came pouring down through, through the tunnel. <laughs> pouring rain is exactly right. Mm-hmm. Big crowd, band, and, and I mean, it just jacked you up. Uh-huh. It, walking through that tunnel when the, the cow band was playing their song after the pregame warm-up, and I looked at my mom with just goosebumps, hair up on my arm, saying, <laughs> this is it. This is the place I want to go to. Just because I, I, there's no, there was no other feeling any other place I've been to. So where did the uh, athletic genes come from? And your sister obviously was a great volleyball player, and yourself. Well, where does that come from? My mom was a little soccer superstar when she was <laughs> young, but she was constantly working and didn't have the opportunity to work on sports as much as uh, she has given me the chance to. Uh, my dad used to ride his bike every day. He he grew up in Sweden, so mm-hmm. he would ride every day to the mountain to go skiing, slalom skiing, and uh, just, I guess, hips, competitiveness, blue-collar work ethic. They taught me uh, how to use. So, uh, I mean, to be honest, it's all it's all them. They're, they're the ones that drove me to practice when I was six years old and waited for two hours, and when I was 12 years old playing volleyball, serving the net into the ball to watch me get subbed out and then drive me home. Like, it's an all-day thing, and that's a lot of support and love you got to have for somebody to do that, and I really couldn't be like here without them or a lot of coaches and people there's been a lot of how did you guys get I mean why was it volleyball and football as opposed to maybe your mom you know with soccer or was there something that just attracted both of you to volleyball um I would say what attracted me to volleyball is the competitive spirit and how they're are actually a lot of kids who don't know a lot about volleyball. I had no clue of volleyball, like how to play it, what it really was, besides watching my sister before I played it. And I would go in and serve the ball into the net, and I didn't know how to pass, and I didn't know how to block, and it was a lot of the same thing in football. Like, you're going to get knocked down a lot, you're going to fail a lot, you're not going to know how to do stuff a lot, but get up and go to the next day, or get up and go to the next play, and try and do it. And it's like the competitive mindset, and like... There are so many times in football where I have failed and just looked in the mirror and been, maybe football isn't for you, maybe you shouldn't be here. But then it's like, what do you mean? You've been through this every day. Like, you know how to get back up? I'm supposed to be here. Like, I'm supposed to be here playing football. This is what I've wanted to do since a freshman in high school. This is everything I could have dreamed of. And I guess I guess I was attracted to volleyball just for the competitive spirit, but also because my sisters played it, wanted to make my mom happy. She loved watching the sports, so I wanted to be good at it and make her proud in some way. So, Well, we're glad you're playing football uh, as opposed to volleyball, that's for sure, no question about that. Um, in high school, Keith Burns was one of your coaches, a guy that had tremendous experience at all levels of football, um, and he had... Was it a son that worked at Arkansas? You made a trip back there to, to uh, mm-hmm. Brent uh, Bielsma, I think was the head coach at the time. And he's at Liberty he, now. He's at Liberty, at Liberty now. Liberty. Yeah. He has an amazing family. I have nothing but respect for the Burns family and his son Davis, who's at UTEP right now playing DB and special teams. But, man, he's, he's taught me how to love this game and how to play the game the right way and playing for the man to your right and the left and not taking a break on any special teams plays and just – yeah, playing the game the right way. Like, I have so much respect for him because I didn't play football till high school, and he's the one that brought me in, and I was in his office every day working with him on how to play football, how to know football, understanding it, and, like, how to play the game. There's a way to play the game. And if when people understand how you play the game in an aggressive and 
with a tough mindset and you can attack anything and get up and go to the next play and forget about the last play and there's just so much that it takes to be a, a football player yeah. that you, like you need to learn I guess what's that tight end room like because uh, against Colorado everybody got to play that's kind of cool right it's everybody so was in cool. there it is so awesome and it's it's great because you're working again you're working with them every day so you know what they're working on and what they're trying to do better and and it's coming out on the field and like when that happens, it's more energy. You're like, let's go, Kalecki. Let's go, Jermaine. Like, two freshmen making huge plays. That's that's all you could ask for. Like, if I was a freshman, you know how excited you would be or you know how excited they are. So it's like you just want to give them everything that they're working for and show them that you, when you work hard like this, that will happen and you'll get good results. And I guess just trying to show them the right way, the young guys the right way to do it too. But it's really cool. And we have really great leadership with Colin, Gavin and Jake. Um, but yeah, it's a really cool room to be in, especially with Jeep too. Yeah, Jeep is a really smart, smart football coach that really understands the game well and understands his players well uh, too. Now, you live in a football house, so you got a bunch of guys who are your roommates. Uh, last week was Halloween. Did you guys have trick-or-treaters, or did you guys go out and, and trick-or-treat on your own? How did that go? We did not go out trick-or-treating. We were expecting trick-or-treaters. We put our light out, uh, light on and everything, and but we didn't get one trick-or-treater. Really? It was so sad. I think they were going to the nice neighborhoods where they give you the full candy bars. They didn't want our gushers or fruit roll-ups or anything. It was messed up. We were sad about it, but, yeah, we, we did celebrate. We just hung out together. And so you guys had to eat what you were supposed to hand out? Uh, yeah. We, we, I've been having a lot of gushers recently. I'll, I'll let you know that. <laughs> Tell us about uh, off the field. What do you like to do away from football? Uh, to be honest, it's just mostly going back home to my family and seeing my family. Uh, I live right across the bridge in Redwood City, so it's really easy to see them. Uh, love to golf. Uh, Tilden is yeah. right there, so it's so easy to go and just swing a couple golf balls. And again, it, it's like any sport you play. It's golf is such a hard mental sport where you have to bring yourself back. Like you mess up a shot, you have to bring yourself back. So it's like these are like fun. I like these competitive games where you're just working on yourself or doing stuff like that. But uh, yeah. Or I have a little kitty, too. I need to mention her. Okay. I have a little kitty, and my sister moved to New York, so she gave me her to take care of for a while. So she's been fitting into the football house real nice. She dressed up as a Ghostbuster for Halloween. Really? Yeah. <laughs> What's her name? Uh, kitty. Oh, kitty. Well, you guys are really creative with the name. There. Kitty the Kitty. Yeah. yeah. She's really cool, though. Yeah, cats, um, they kind of have their own mind. We've got a cat at home, too. They kind of do what they want to do when they want to do it, too. And that's what I love about them is, like, you just give them food and water, and they'll come back to you, and it's like, just you do your own thing. I'll do my own thing. Don't bother me. It's like, cool. It's hang well, we can hang out like that all day. I like it. What, uh, who takes care of the cat when you go on road trips? Oh, uh, my girlfriend will come over, yeah. And I always make sure to feed her the night before okay. and the day I right when I get back. But uh, she's awesome. She's Tell us about uh, your studies. What's your interested in academically? Uh, so legal studies. I would love to do legal studies, or I am doing legal studies, so pre-law, and then I'm going to uh, try and minor in either business or real estate because that's what I would love to do after football. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's everything I could have done here at Cal, and I did what I wanted to do 
education-wise, which I'm so happy about. And they made it actually really easy with the uh, advising and my coaches and all that. So Cal's a great place. On our pregame show later in the week, uh, we're going to have Braxton Croto. And so you probably go up against him every once in a while in practice, I would think. He's an outside linebacker, defensive, however you want to describe his specific position. But he's also apparently a magician as well. Super magician. A jaw drop. Every person's face jaw dropped in the meeting room. When he pulled out his magic trick, we were all, how did he do it? We must find out. Kids YouTubing how to do it after. They don't know how. I mean, kids going up asking him to do it. It's, it, it is pretty nuts that he can do some of this stuff. Can you just describe what it was? Uh, he put a set of cards down, had someone like pick one, would walk away, and then had the guy shuffle them all up. It came back to the table and then just put his finger down on the card that he picked. And they were all flipped over. And everyone was – and he was like, is this your card? All normal. And everyone's like, Braxton, that's – what do you mean? None of us have ever seen this before. But, yeah, he for sure knows how to do magic. Well, hopefully this week he'll make the Arizona quarterback disappear somehow, some way. Oh, I like that. He for sure will. I love Braxton, man. He's, he's the hardest working dude in the weight room on the field. Never see him without a sweat on his face, a drop of sweat. He's always working to get better in some way. So a lot of respect for him. Well, you are too. You're working hard. It's paying off for you too, finally. And it's good to see you doing some big things, making some key plays. Nick, we appreciate you stopping by, taking the time, and good luck this week against Arizona. Thank you so much, and a big go Bears. Let's go. A reminder, Cal fans, that uh, Cal Athletics is happy to announce the introduction of the California Golden Bears app. In that app, you can add your season tickets to your mobile wallet as well as purchase additional tickets, resell, or transfer your tickets to a friend. The app is available now at both Google Play and the Apple Store. All right, let's switch gears a little bit and talk some hoops because we're into hoop season starting this week. The Bears will be at home for the first couple of games, and then the first road trip is a good one to Fort Myers, Florida, for the Fort Myers tip-off, a terrific event, a tremendous field and joining us now is Mark Starziak, the tournament director of the Fort Myers tip-off. The Bears will be back in Fort Myers to take on Florida Monday, November the 22nd, and then play either Ohio State or Seton Hall on Wednesday the 26th, uh, 24th, I should say, the day before Thanksgiving. And Mark, you got a terrific field lined up for the tournament. Uh, before we get into the teams and some of the nuts and bolts, just give us a little history about the Fort Myers tip-off. Yeah, so we're on our, on our fourth year uh, down there in Southwest Florida along the beaches of, of Lee County, and uh, we've had a great run to, to start off. I mean, we've had some really good fields over the first three years of this thing, even with uh, the adjustments we were all making back in 2020, but I've always kind of had this one as a, as a good benchmark for us four years in with, with Cal, Seton Hall, Ohio State, Florida, really a top-notch field in terms of basketball programs, elite brands, elite coaches, and, and really a good national footprint for, for us in the event. Uh, that's going to be broadcast live across the country on Fox Sports 1. So we're excited about where we've gone to, and we're excited to welcome everyone down to Fort Myers this November. Yeah, people that like baseball may be familiar. There's a couple of baseball teams that use Fort Myers as their spring training grounds. You've got, you know, the, the Twins uh, go down along with the Boston Red Sox. So I mean, it's a, a busy time in the spring, I'm sure, in Fort Myers vis-a-vis uh, baseball as well. Fourth year, as you mentioned, um, and we look at the teams, Cal's going to start against Florida. Mike White has done a terrific job with Florida. 
uh, a perennial NCAA tournament team. They got a number of players back, although like a, a lot of other teams, uh, there's like five or six or seven new faces. The portal has been absolutely crazy as far as college basketball is concerned. But Florida is a top team. And Mark Fox and, and Mike go back a ways as well. They, they've faced each other over the course of the, of the years that the two have coached when Mark was at Georgia in the SEC. Yeah, to drop some old scouting reports from those conference games. I think, uh, and Coach White might have had a small edge on, but those are some good games, as all SEC ones are. No question about it. Of course, uh, Mark, uh, in his third year with the Bears, Mike White has got the four to two advantage over Mark in those head-to-head meetings. This will be also the third neutral site meeting between the two programs. The first in the contiguous United States, of course. Uh, the last one was in uh, Alaska. November the 25th, 1988. We go back a long time there. And of course, they played a couple of years before that, December the 27th in 1986. So there's some familiarity for longtime Cal fans. Um, you, you mentioned the quality of the teams involved here. I mean, Ohio State, Seton Hall, Ohio State's a their Big Ten championship contender. And for us at Cal, there's a tie there because Justice Suing, one of their starting forwards, started his career at Cal. So it'd be good to see Justice. He's a really good guy. Uh, made the, the decision to transfer to Ohio State when we had the coaching change. So um, Ohio State and Seton Hall, two really good programs as well. We're looking forward to, to playing one of those two teams as well. I mean, four good games down there in Florida, no matter what. And Transfer Portal, as you mentioned, always new faces in new places. And some of those look familiar to everyone. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Fort Myers for the folks that want to make the trip down there or those who live in the, you know, somewhere close uh, in the area. Tell us a little bit about Fort Myers and what we can expect to see down there. Yeah, Fort Myers, I think the, the, the arena that we're at is one of the best junior college arenas in the country, Suncoast Credit Union Arena, fantastic building, built about five years ago, home to a really great junior college basketball program too. Uh, Coach Murphy and the guys are usually ranked in the top five in the country, and they turn out a lot of guys who end up at, at high caliber D1 programs. It's a really good spot for, for basketball that maybe a lot of folks don't know yet uh, across the country and even in the state of Florida. You mentioned spring training, home to the Red Sox, home to the Twins. FSW's got a great men's basketball program. It's actually also home to the City of Palms Classic, which is one of the longest-running high school tournaments in the country. Uh, they're almost at 50 years of that, and that's uh, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of names and faces that coaches and basketball aficionados will know have played in that event and maybe don't realize that's in, that's in southwest Florida and, and in Fort Myers. Once you get off the basketball courts and out of the gyms down there, I mean, 50 plus miles of pristine beaches. I think that TripAdvisor and a lot of those rating systems and folks continually rank Fort Myers, Lee County, Sanibel Island, Southwest Florida is one of those premier destinations to go put your feet in the sand, relax, enjoy some sunshine still while you're while you're not watching basketball and and and, and be a part of the outdoor life down there. No folks in the Bay Area. I'm from Chicago myself. It's getting a little cooler. Nowadays, this time of the year, and to get a break and come down to the sunshine of Florida is uh, is really a fantastic way to to lead into your Thanksgiving, or even stay an extra day or two and, and enjoy some turkey, or even better yet, some fresh fish there on the beach. Yeah, no question about it. People interested, in maybe going to the tournament. Uh, how can they get the tickets? Yeah, Fort Myers, FortMyersTipoff.com backslash tickets is our homepage for for everything for tickets. We still have travel packages available if you want to come down and do the full experience. We've got all tournament tickets, single game tickets. So no matter how you want to enjoy Cal basketball and enjoy the Fort Myers tip-off, we've got a way for you there on, on fortmyerstipoff.com backslash tickets. You know, that'd be awesome to see a lot of Cal fans down there. And again, you know, the Bay Area weather, we've uh, we got a deluge of rain at, you know, a week or so ago. I was just there uh, this past weekend as well and uh, got a little bit more rain. So um, a good opportunity to kind of get out of that, get away and get some sunshine down in 
sunny, warm Southwest Florida. We look forward to it. Mark, I appreciate your time. Great insight. Um, we look really look forward to this tournament. I mean, to get a chance for these guys to travel to Florida and uh, maybe get a little beach time. Who knows? I mean, we'll see how Coach Fox handles that. But to enjoy the hospitality, we know we're going to get down there at the Fort Myers tip-off. We really, really look forward to it. A great field. And again, thank you very much for spending some time with us. And uh, we'll see you in about two weeks. Yeah, sounds good. We're eagerly waiting everyone's arrival and look forward to hosting you, the team, and, and all the Cal fans down there with us in Florida. It's going to be a great week. Mark Starziak, the tournament director of the Fort Myers tip-off. The Bears will face Florida in the first round of the tournament on Monday, November the 22nd. All right, that wraps it up for this week's a podcast. We appreciate the time for Justin Wilcox and, of course, uh, a young man who's uh, become kind of a, a Swiss Army knife for the Bears on football, uh, Mr. Alton, who's uh, blocked a couple of punts this year for the Bears. We appreciate him stopping by as well. So for all of us, uh, we appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you next week as well. Until then, I'm Todd McKim, and as always, go Bears! This has been Bear in Mind, the official podcast of Cal Athletics, with your host, Todd McKim. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the California Golden Bears Sports Network. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.